whenever you're listening to this. Uh, this is Andy Sullivan, and this is Blendertainment. I uh, meant to do this a few days ago, but um, I was watching um, AEW, and um, it ran late, as they usually do. So, here I am, doing it tonight. And we're going to start off with um, last Friday, the college football playoff committee decided to expand the field, the playoff field to 12 teams. This is expected to begin in 2026 per ESPN. Um, and we're going to move on to um, Clash at the Castle. Um, Roman Reigns successfully retained the WWE Universal Championship. Um, a lot of people thought Drew McIntyre might dethrone him, but that was not the case. Um, bit of a surprise, I guess, because um, I think everybody was like, well, you know, it's in Drew's hometown, so they'll give him the title. But um, not the case, and... There, um, this has been a pretty amazing fact here. Um, there have been 55 championship changes in the two years that Roman Reigns has been the WWE Universal Champion. That is incredible. Now, as far as the rest of the show... As far as the rest of the show, um, let's see, we have, um, Mac at Moss and the Street Profits defeated, um, Austin Theory and the Alpha Academy. It's kind of can't believe that um, Austin Theory is actually losing matches. Um, see, Vince was a very pro theory guy. I don't think Triple H is that much of one, at least not to Vince's extent. I don't know what Vince's deal with that guy was, but um, anyway, the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther, or excuse me, Gunther, the former Walter, defeated Sheamus in a very hard-hitting match. Um, it also saw the reformation of Imperium. So, I'm thinking we're going to see Imperium versus... Seamus, Ridge Holland, and Pete Dunne at some point. 
and Sheamus wants another Intercontinental title shot, so maybe we're getting another match. And um, check this out. Uh, I cannot believe that this happened. Liv Morgan retained the SmackDown Women's Championship over Shayna Baszler. Um, I, among with among a lot of people, I'm sure thought that Shayna was going to win the title. And that's because what they're going for with Liv. They're going for the underdog story deal. And speaking of underdog, Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio faced off against the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley. Now, this match was not eventful until the end and at the end Dominic was celebrating with them with Ray and Edge and he turned we thought this was going to happen a long time ago he finally turned kicked his father in the ball excuse me clotheslined his father and kicked Edge in the balls now, follow that up Monday night with Edge coming out saying he wanted a piece of Dominic. Well, of course, Ray comes out and says, hey, no, 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 no. Um, I think we're going to do the... I think Ray and Dominic, I think we're going to have the Undertaker-Kane scenario. You remember that? Where um, Undertaker, for a long time, would not fight Kane says uh, he's my brother I'm not going to fight him no way this can be fixed and then finally at Wrestlemania they went at it and that started off like a two year feud between them um, so eventually we'll have Dominic versus Ray I'm sure but Probably not anytime soon. Next was Matt Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. Um, Seth won that match. It was a it was a good match. It was a very good match. Um, honestly, I did not expect anything less than Seth winning that. And now I'm thinking. That Seth will go after Roman Reigns, who defeated Drew McIntyre, successfully retaining his WWE Universal Championship with the distraction from Karrion Cross. This is going to lead us smoothly into a Karrion Cross Drew McIntyre feud, I do believe. But what was cool was. You know, there's been a lot of people online talking about they wanted to see the return of Broken Dreams. Broken Dreams was the original theme song of Drew McIntyre back when he was Vince McMahon's chosen one and only got so far as the Intercontinental Championship. 
Well, we heard it. Well, fear a little bit. Well, no, the whole song. We heard the whole song. And then it went right into Drew's current theme, which was cool. Um, we had Tyson Fury putting the knockout punch to Austin Theory, who, by the way, Austin Theory got his name back. He is now Austin Theory again. Um, we saw Solo Sokoa making his, well, assuming main roster debut, I guess his official main roster debut, but his SmackDown debut, I guess, will come Friday night in yet another championship celebration, which will bring to my, bring out the next challenge of Roman Reigns, I would say. Who's that going to be? I honestly don't know. Because, um, Roman's pretty much whooped everybody's ass. And I, unless they recycle until Cody Rhodes comes back, um, what can they do? What can they do? Now that we have uh, went through Clash at the Castle, let's, um, let's go through... All Out. Um, All Out saw the return of MJF. And what may be more newsworthy than All Out even was the post scrum and further. CM Punkness of it all. Um, whereas I've started to call him, um, or was that, well, I was calling him when he was in WWE, and it's kind of going back to this right now. I called him CM Punk ass bitch because, well, I'll tell you why later. Um, so. We had um, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello beat Ortiz and Ruby Soho at All Out Zero Hour, which basically equates to um, the old Freeview show on YouTube. Defended the FTW Championship against Cool Hand Ange of the Jericho Precision Society. The Bastard Pack successfully defended the All Atlantic Championship against Kip Sabian. And the final zero hour match was Eddie Kingston winning one hell of a hard hitting match against Ishii. Um, Ruby Soho fell on her head 
after a spot. She seemed fine, but it was a scary bump. She also also took a nasty bump when Ty Mello superplexed her onto Ortiz and Guevara at ringside. Um, Bronson, which is Action Bronson, who does um, Chairman's Intent um, Hook's theme song, he was on the, he was on hand. And he is a noted wrestling fan and also has a decent suplex. So I think they're gonna think AEW's gonna get Action Bronson in the ring. I mean his name is Action for God's sake. This was the first time we've had to see Hook sell more than a move or two. He still didn't have much to sell, but he did what he did do was fine. Um, Sabian, Kip Sabian's new entrance is good, but, um, his gear was even better. Whoever made it did excellent work. Orange Cassidy came out to confront Pack, but the champ walked off, which leads me to believe we will see Pack defend the All-Atlantic Championship against Orange Cassidy one of these days. Um, Ishii's blood vessels, blood vessels on his chest were broken after several chops. It looked painful, but he never slowed down. The casino ladder match. Um, the first two competitors were Ray Phoenix and Wheeler Yuta. More competitors joined over time, but the match could end whenever. Um... So, it could have ended with just them two dudes out there, and, and, um, it did not, of course, um, Dante Martin almost won the match by jumping onto the ladder with a springboard, um, Pinto Oscuro came into the match like a ball of fire moments later, but... Stokely Hathaway came out with his new stable and took down the chip after attacking everyone, but the Joker still had yet to be revealed. A masked man came out to the Rolling Stones' sympathy for the devil. Now, we would not realize until later that night that um, who that probably was. And I'll leave you hanging on that till we get to the end. Um, and he grabbed the chip to a silent reaction from a confused crowd. Um, he teased taking his mask off. He teased taking his mask off, but then he just walked away without telling us who he is. This was a weird way to win an exciting match. The crowd seemed totally deflated by what happened. Everything else was good, but the way this ended had a big impact on the way people will view the match. Um, notable moments. Um, Roosh has one of the coolest entrance masks in wrestling. It wouldn't work to wear in the ring, but it's awesome for his entrance. 
Andrade hit Yuta with a sunset powerbomb from one ladder onto the other. It looked absolutely nuts. There was a moment when Claudio tried to tip over some ladders, but it didn't work out the way he'd hoped, so he tipped them over a different way instead. Penta didn't even wait to get to the ring. He hit Martin with a Canadian Destroyer during his entrance, and it was pretty, pretty funny. Um, we move on to the Trios Championship, the first ever, the tournament final to crown the first ever trios championship the elite versus hangman and dark order we all knew who was going to win this match from jump i mean fuck's sake we all knew who was going to win this tournament from jump it was going to be the elite if you didn't know that it it's like okay i thought you know the wwe women's tag team titles I thought it was a given that um, Bailey's crew was going to win that, but they swerved us and had Raquel Gonzalez and her partner win it. AEW, they did not swerve us. AEW went the predictable route, having the elite win the first ever trios championship I mean did anyone really think John Silver, Alex Reynolds and Adam Page was going to win the match there were a few times when it looked like they could have but you know Hangman kind of stopped them so I'm thinking that eventually Hangman's going to turn heel, right? Hangman is going to turn heel. It was cool to see Silver and Reynolds wearing gear to match Hangman, though. Omega is in better shape than when he was when he got injured. He was never in bad shape, but he has more definition now. Having Hangman have some tension with Dark Girl throughout the match is a new wrinkle in the storyline, which, like I said, is probably going to end with um, Hangman joining the Elite again. Hangman's chop to Omega's chest sounded like it echoed in the arena. That's how hard it was. Um, still probably not as hard as a Gunther chop. crowd almost exploded when Silver came close to pinning Omega. Of course, we all know who wouldn't. Um, Jade Cargill successfully defended the Women's Championship against Athena in basically a C-plus match. Um, Cargill busted through brick walls for her entrance. She was dressed like She-Hulk in the match. There was some stiff strikes at one point. Athena really laid into the champion. But, um, the champ retained, and it looks like they're, um, actually, there's two wrestlers that they look like they're going the Goldberg route with. Um, Jay Cargill is one with the undefeated streak, 
and uh, another is um, Wardlow. I mean, for God's sake, they even have the fans chanting Wardlow, Wardlow, like they did Goldberg in WCW. Nice little callback there. And by the way, next was FTR and Wardlow versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. This match, um, the War Dog and Ric Flair's protege started their started the match for their teams. Lethal tried to circle Warlow a bit, but the big man just stood there and moving in the middle of the ring. Um, all six men had a chance to interact with each other at various times throughout the match, but we saw FTR paired with Motor City Machine Guns most of the time. This bout did not have as many multi-man spots as the previous trios match on the card, and it actually made it easier to follow. Agreed. Um, you also knew who was legal at any given time, which, again, you didn't really know in the trios championship match. Um, Wardlow and FTR got the victory, and I'm thinking that one of these days... Perhaps at um, full gear in a couple of months, we're going to see the Motor City Machine Guns versus FTR and sign me up for that. Lethal spit on Wardlow, which is actually a crime in Illinois. It's a misdemeanor, but still carries up to a fine of $2,500. I did not know that. Or if I did, I'd forgotten it. Um, Dutt is such a good stooge. He and Brandon Cutler have mastered the role of cowardly manager. Wardlow no-selling strikes from smaller competitors will always be funny. The way Saban and Shelley attack the knees of, Wheel of Wheeler in their corner was unique. Um, they had both of his legs trapped in different ways and kicked in his knee kicked his knees several times. Dax's daughter breaking Dutt's pencil and then pinning him was a fun moment. The crowd the crowd loved it. Um, the next match was between former Team Taz teammates. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, they finally met at the pay-per-view to settle their differences. And we knew Hobbs was going to win this. Actually, I kind of thought they were pushing Starks. So maybe Starks would pick up the win. But um, yeah, even though, even though it was kind of natural probably to see, um, to see Hobbs win. It was maybe obvious, but it was still a little bit of a surprise. I figured that they would, um, I figured as much as they were pushing, um, Starks, that they would put him over, but anyway, um, but Taz did a good job not playing favorites. He never really picked between the two men, so it made sense for him to be torn. Uh, Starks usually favors Trunks, but he wore tights to the match, um, Maybe he's trying to change his look now that he's working as a babyface. I 
I doubt that, but I don't know. Um, the crowd had almost no reaction to Hobbs winning. I mean, no reaction. The crowd is dead for Hobbs. He, uh, it's like, well, I don't know what to, I don't know what to compare it to. It's just like, the audience is indifferent to him. Swerving Our Glory defended the, successfully defended the Tag Team Championships. And, um, it looks like the rare double turn was, um, completed at the pay-per-view. Traditional tag matches were easier to follow than trios bouts, so this one was fun. Billy Gunn tried to help his boys a bit at ringside, but he could only do so much without getting the acclaimed disqualified. Um, like I said, Swerving Our Glory won, retained the titles. Um, Caster's pre-match rap was hilarious. I can only imagine what his pre-match rap is going to be Wednesday night after the CM Punk shit that went down after the pay-per-view. Um, he basically called out the elite who are the EVPs of AEW and the high boss, literally, Tony Khan, was looking on in that press conference. He was sitting at that table with Punk, looking on like, what in God's name am I supposed to do? So, yeah, Wednesday should be interesting. Um, it's easy to forget how big Caster is until you see a guy like Keith Lee. Um, Swerve has unreal precision. He makes difficult look moves look easy to pull off. His baseball slide drop kick out of the ring, awesome. Um, Caster picking up Lee for a fireman's carry slam was the most impressive spot of the night to that point. And like I said, the champs retained, but we saw a double turn, I believe, because um, I think the fans were booing Swerving Our Glory by the end of the night. Um, next we move on to the crowning of the AEW Interim Women's Championship. Rhett Becker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hukaru Shida versus Tony Storm. Um, Storm ended up winning the championship. The match had some great moments, but it also had its fair share of issues. The crowd was up and down and didn't really seem to know how to react to the finish. Um, Sheeta was taken out for a bit, but eventually came back with Kendall Sticks to work on the two women who took her out. Uh, we saw several two counts from everyone in the match before Baker cost Hader a pin. 
Storm came back and took advantage of the problems hit at DDT to win the match. Now, it looks to me like we saw the seeds of dissension with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, and maybe, finally, they're going to split those two up? Maybe? I don't know. But if you're going to do it, strike while the irons are, right? Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy was one of the most personal rivalries on the card and one of the shortest and shittiest matches. I was actually... I don't know what I was expecting, but what happened was not what I was expecting. Um, Of course, the two began as mentor and mentee, but Christian turned his back on him. Uh, Luchasaurus came out on the stage, attacked Jungle Boy out of nowhere. He choked Slam his former partner on the middle grate next to the ring. Carried Jack Petty, that Jack Petty, Jack Perry toward the ring and power bombed him through the timekeeper's table. The 25-year-old son of the late Luke Perry said he could fight when the ref asked when the ref asked him so the match continued christian hit him with a spear and kill switch to score the win in less than a minute um it is hard to put into words how weird of a booking choice this was on a night with a few questionable outcomes this was the one that seemed the most out of place um Probably the most notable part of the match was Jungle Boy's mom slapping Christian on his way to the ring. Luchasaurus pulled off the elusive triple turn during the storyline, which is not easy. The next match was Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho, and at this point, I was getting tired. Um... The Danielson-Jericho match didn't start until I think it was 10 o'clock. That's a good um, that's a good three hours in to the pay-per-view, which it was Jericho versus Danielson was like the main event leading to the main event. Uh, Regal joined the commentary table to watch Danielson battle Jericho. We got the Lionheart instead of the Wizard. Um, Elliot Taylor was there to perform Danielson's entrance music live, or as I called him, um, Dime Store Machine Gun Kelly. That's um, that, that's just the way I saw it, and I'm not the only one who saw it like that. Um, after getting frustrated, Jericho slapped the American Dragon right across the face, but Danielson did not react aggressively. He kept his cool and took his opponent down in a wrist lock. They kept this they kept this technical for quite a while by focusing on Holds takedown the counters. 
but also used the occasional chop and kick. The pace was slow and methodical at times, but not in a bad way. It allowed them to sell mo each move and tell a story without rushing from spot to spot. These two men were both veterans, known for being amazing performers, so you knew you were going to get amazing match, an amazing match. Both went. Both men came close to winning with their signature moves, but it took a low blow and Judas effect from Jericho to score the win. The match itself had a lot to like, but this is another finish on the card that is going to split response for some fans. Jericho, um, some notables and observations. Jericho had on tights that called back to some of his old ECW and WCW gear. Um, everything Danielson does has an extra level of shine to it. Danielson meditating after popping to his feet to unload on Jericho was a funny moment. Jericho has a nice German suplex, which he should use more often. Um, next we get House of Black versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro. This one was kind of thrown together at the last minute. Well, the last few days. Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro won with a C plus grade. Um, I was I was not feeling that match, and I was surprised that they put it on, sandwiched it in between the title match and Danielson versus Jericho maybe they did that for it to be like a bathroom break match or something but anyway um, the main event and final of the match with the final match of the night was AEW World Champion bout between John Moxley and former champion CM Punk um, the crowd was booing Moxley and cheering Punk. Uh, you knew how this was going to go, right? I mean, Punk's hometown. Punk is not going to lose in his hometown. So, you got it. Punk, CM Punk, is the new, once again, AEW World Champion. Um... Punk got the usual reaction, but Moxley seemed to have a lot of fans in his corner as well. <coughs> Excuse me. There was some booze, but Punk was a, you know, I mean, it was Chicago. Come on, you know Punk was going to get his shine. Um, Mox had some fans chanting his name early on, but Punk fans were louder. Um, Quite a few people on this card wore white gear, which has to be insanely difficult to keep clean. Uh, it definitely helped a bit of blood we saw stand out more. Maybe that's why they wore all the white gear. Um, you could hear the crowd beginning to shift halfway through the match. Punk still had a lot of fans, but Mox's reaction were just as loud at some point. The way Moxley was crawling and biting at Punk's head wound was both awesome and disgusting. That about sums up pro wrestling these days, though, doesn't it? Um, 
like I said, um, we did see Punk regain, um, but that's not the news that came out of the night. The news appears to be Crybaby CM Punk, um, Looks like, um, yeah, looks like he's, um, on his way to doing what he does best, which is, um, pissing in his own Cheerios, basically. Um, he had a presser where the post-show presser with Tony Khan, where he basically called out the elite who by the way are EVPs of the company I'm not sure if that's a good idea That's if that's a good way to keep sticking around um, so could we get an impromptu championship match and Punk lose the title we'll see um Anyway, um, we have, um, let's see, NASCAR, 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 let's move on. Um, let's move on to... The race at Darlington won by Eric Jones. Um, Danny Hamlin second, Tyler Reddick third, Joey Logano fourth, Christopher Bell fifth, Michael McDowell sixth, Brad Aslowski seventh, William Byron eighth, Bubba Wallace ninth, which I find funny that they still credit as Daryl Wallace Jr. Alex Bowman 10th, Eric Almirola 11th, Kyle Larson 12th, Ryan Blaney 13th, Cole Custer 14th, Ty Gibbs 15th, Austin Cedric 16th, Austin Dillon 17th, Daniel Suarez 18th, 19th, Justin Haley 20th, Ross Chastain 21st, Harrison Burton 22nd, Ty Dillon 23rd, Daniel Hemrick 24th, Corley Joy. 25th, Landon Castle. 26th, Chris Busher. 27th, Chase Briscoe. 28th, Todd Gilland. 29th, BJ McLeod. 30th, Kyle Kurt Busch. 31st, Martin Truex. 32, Christopher Ware. 33rd, Kevin Harvick. 34th, JJ Yaley. 35th, Ricky Stenhouse. 36th, Chase Elliott. Um, what you didn't see or hear me say was Kyle Bush's name because he went out and was, of course, being a bitch after, as he usually does. Um, that's, um, that is going to be 
all that I've got for this week for Blendertainment. Um, well, this week, which was actually going to be last week, so there might be another installment later this weekend because uh, it was late Sunday night when the pay-per-view was over. I got in the shower. I got out of the shower and I was tired. And last night, um, same difference. It was uh, like 11.15 and I was tired. Actually, right now it's 12.30. Um, so, yeah, this is, um, this is about it for me. Um, I'll, uh, holla back later, and, uh, as always, be kind, be cool, be courageous, uh, listen to the podcast, uh, listen to, take your friends, listen to Blendertainment, and, uh, review it, and share it, and I'll catch you later. Peace out.